0: listening to the Just Go Bike podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And this is a podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. We had a lot of fun with it this last week. (laughs) And we're going to talk a little bit about that, talk about stuff from the Ragbri Nation, talk about cycling throughout the country. And uh, we're going to say, you know, hey, come for the bikes stay for the fun leave with a smile that's what our motto here at Jessica bike podcast That's right
1: that's right so episode 21 21 you ever get the feeling that there's too much bicycling stuff going <laughs> on and we uh, we're not gonna have time to fit it all in into a, a podcast
0: that's not a bad thing <laughs> no. I, I was
1: so to back the listeners up if they haven't heard and, and a lot of people did listen um we went across the state on bikes last week. About uh, anywhere between thirty-five and seventy-five of us. Yep. Um, we had a great time. Um, we can tell you anybody that suspected this is the easiest ragbri, or the <laughs> third easiest ragbri, is in for a surprise. Right?
0: You know, third easiest on paper, but paper doesn't ride a bicycle.
1: No. <laughs> exactly. So,
0: so um, when you mix in potential headwinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent, you know, decent mileage days on some mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. Um, a few hills here and there. Yeah, and uh, nothing to block the wind. That becomes a bit of a challenge. Yeah. And when you're not prepared for that, and you go in thinking, "Well, this is going to be a trail ride where I'm protected and it's completely flat." Well, that's not the case here. Yeah,
1: if you're not out there riding on the roads a little bit, you're not used to pedaling that much. And yep. and this was a. There's no coasting out on this one. You're, yeah. you're pedaling the whole time. Even if there is a tailwind, it's just so
0: flat. I think I pedaled downhill a couple of times on some of that 25-mile-an-hour headwind. Yeah. And uh, that's not a good feeling when you're pedaling downhill.
1: You know, I also noticed that, uh, you know, normally you can see a water tower, you know, a mile or two in advance, <laughs> five, six, seven miles. You can see a water sure. tower out. I mean, this is, uh, this is flatlands.
0: Yeah, I think the pace, though, of the town's... Being a good eight miles, nine miles apart for the most part was was really comforting. And Mm -hmm. for people, I think there's a lot of people that are probably pretty new to RAGBRI or new to these Mm -hmm. mass participation events that are going to try it this year. And I think that's really going to help them when they just look at it as a bunch of seven or eight, eight mile rides. Right. And if you take that mentality into the week Um, you know, there's a stretch here and there that might be 20, but there's going to be vendors in between that'll break that up. So there's always something to entertain you in between towns as well.
1: You know, and the last day, the last day is going to stick out in everybody's mind. And I, I, I didn't look like Iowa. I mean, you could convince me that that was Colorado. You could convince me that was a lot of different places, but, uh, it didn't look like Iowa. Yeah.
0: I thought I saw Sasquatch like when I was riding. (laughs) I wasn't sure I heard
1: there's sightings. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It could have been Mike Mott from, from just a few days earlier that was just stuck in my head from the Iowa beer bus, but I thought I saw Sasquatch.
1: So the the most beautiful part is we dropped into the, the yellow river forest. Right. And, and, uh, if you haven't seen that, it is amazing. I, I think, uh, the downhill was as taxing for me as the uphill, <laughs> You know, because you really had to hold on and watch your speed going down the hills. And I know a lot of people won't, but uh, it uh, just this little winding road that drops down what four or five hundred feet, mm-hmm. um, and and I was seeing nine ten percent grades going down the down the hill. Yeah. And of course, if you go down, you got to go back up, don't yeah. you?
0: So so Orange City all the way to Lansing. You know, start off pretty pretty flat. We don't go through the less Hills this mm-hmm. year. But we end the last couple of days with some pretty good climb to the Driftless region, right. Driftless area. Um, I think anyone that cuts the week short is just absolutely going to be kicking themselves. And and also, shout out to Mike Hoffman, who is the chamber director from Orange City. I think his first organized <laughs> bike ride probably won't be his last, but what a trooper. Yeah. He stuck it out all the way to Spencer. Right. And, uh, you know, he's probably a little sore the next day, but, you know, my... You know, tip of the helmet to, to Mike Hoffman, a chamber director. We love seeing that, uh, getting people out on bikes. That's what this podcast is all about. It's what we try to do uh, throughout our lives is try to get more people engaged in the fun of cycling.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So good good stuff happening with that pre-ride. Um, kind of a similar type of event, if if you will. We just <laughs> rode our bikes across the state. Um, but we have a young lady who's actually going to ride her bicycle across the United States,
1: Sarah Cooper, Super Cooper, Super Cooper. Yeah, that's going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, so uh, uh, Sarah starts Ram. I think it's this week. Uh-huh. And what what is it estimated to take her to get across the state? Any idea, Mark? I don't know. Is it like
1: three weeks? Uh. It's it's a, it's a, not as long as you think it is.
0: Yeah, just super humans that do that event. Yeah, and uh, um, you know, I think all of Iowa will be rooting for for Sarah. Yeah. Um, just, you know, lots of friends along the way that are going to be pulling for her and, uh, we wish her nothing but the best. Uh, hopefully she gets a lot of those tailwinds right. instead of those headwinds, but, uh, I know she's ready for it and up for the challenge and, um, uh, you know, good luck to her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting and, and, you know, talking with, we've had plenty of Iowans that have done Ram before, Sure, you know, Bob Breedlove's probably the most famous sure. one. Uh, Forrest always tells that story where he pulls up beside the support vehicle, leans against the, the bike against the rail and says, I'm not going another inch till I get a chocolate milkshake. (laughs) And sure enough, they went and got him one and then he rode on. And, and, uh, you know, there's, there's something about that endurance sport that, uh, you know, takes a toll on you, but people keep coming back for more.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the late Dr. Breedlove was was unique, um, you know, great individual, and lots of people miss him throughout these, these necks mm-hmm. of the woods. So, um, so hey, looking forward to hearing how Sarah does each and every day of, of RAM. Uh, we've got another fun event. You mm-hmm. talked about the packed bike calendar, um, one of my favorite events of the year. I can't ride Ragbri, but I get to ride the Bacon ride. Right. And and tell us how how the Bakun ride, how's it shaping up more? Is
1: that that the right way to pronounce it? Bakun. 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 Yeah, there's a million different ways. It's like Bob Roll trying to pronounce Tour de France. You know, it's (laughs) just, uh, it's got a million ways to do it. Um, So we're riding uh, this weekend, uh, Saturday, one day. On the uh, Raccoon River Valley Trail. So, in case you wondered, Bacon is a mashup between bacon and raccoon. You put those two together and uh, you got a fun event. About 3,000 people are gonna show up. Um, 10 bacon stops, that sound right? Specialty bacon baits along the way. And uh, we're gonna ride uh, 71 miles, starting and ending in Waukee. You know, the interesting thing, too, is this is a huge economic generator for the communities along the trail. We estimate that that day uh, there's a half million dollars that is being spent right there in uh, the and River Valley Trail communities, you know, beverages and gas and food and everything along the way. So there's there's some opportunities that we're, we're given back to the communities that we go through.
0: Yeah. You might see a few of the typical ragbri friends out there as well. I know the Iowa Beer Bus will be out in Linden. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of our bike shops will be out there fixing bikes along the way. That's right. Um, and some of the just real good... Uh, past stops of Ragbri, towns like Dallas Center Perry towns that have really just knocked it out of the park with with will be back in those towns and really looking forward to getting out. They're doing it in reverse, exactly. which uh, I think with the projected heat, probably what about eighty five? The high, not not too
1: bad. Yeah, yeah it's not too bad. Yeah. I also noticed there's kind of a north wind, which means Ooh. tailwind coming home. Which yeah, is everything's going to
0: work out just right. Well, we got to make sure we have enough bacon. For everyone. So that's why we got to cut registration off at a certain point. Yeah. So we can cook the bacon. Right. And it's so, a food event. It's, yeah.
1: it's tough to order in advance.
0: Well, good. And the good Good uh, teamwork by Blue Ribbon Bacon Festival, Brooks mm-hmm. Reynolds and, and the gang over there, the Iowa Bike Coalition and Ragbury, working together as a team for the second largest bicycle event in the state of Iowa <laughs> and the world's largest bacon bicycle event. That's right. That's so, right, so just got it's the award winning bacon festival <laughs> or bike ride, too. I believe I think right. we won a, some kind of tourism piece of hardware tourism. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tourism, it's all about tourism. Cool. Well, we talked a little bit about headwinds. I know Andrea Parrot has got a parrot talk about battling headwinds. So I'm mm-hmm. um, real interested. I wrote a little bit with Andrea this week. Uh, she does a great job as our uh, marketing and, and media uh, manager for Ragbri. but um, just a, a delight to get out there and ride with, with the Parrot. And um, she's always a big hit amongst all the riders. And um, I heard a couple of people say, aren't you Andrea from <laughs> Parrot Talk? So uh, looking forward to another Parrot Talk. Yeah. And you had the interview this week, Mark, with a gentleman by the name of Ernest.
1: Yeah. Ernie Gagnon. Um, it, great guy to talk to. He's really fun. He started, uh, at, I don't know, 530 pounds or something like that. Wow. Uh, got a special made uh, frame made for himself and, uh, I think found some sponsors and such, got out there and started riding his bike and dropped down to, I think, 350 pounds. And, uh, you know he's he's on the right track. It seems like a uh, real good attitude. You know it's tough. A guy like that uh, wants to be outside, wants to keep moving, and uh, you know he's got diabetes and some heart condition and that sort of thing working against him, and uh, he's still persisting. And uh, to hear his attitude like that is is really exciting
0: and and uh, really should be inspiring. Very good. Look forward to hearing that. Okay, hey, got a packed show. Let's get to it. Episode twenty one.
1: I'm here with Ernest Gagnon, a bike racer from Massachusetts who's become famous for pursuing a healthy lifestyle inspired by bicycling. Ernest's story has been featured on Velo News, NPR, and Bicycling Magazine. This is a story about a man who chose to become healthy, but not through medication or surgery, but through exercise and bicycling. This adventure has brought Ernest to the sport of cyclocross racing, where he's pushed through the mental barrier that would hold most people back from even going to the starting line. Ernest Gagnon, welcome to the Jessica Bike Podcast. Thank you. So, can you, to be here. Yeah, can you tell me the story about how how you were? What was your life like before you got into
2: bicycling? Oh, long time ago. Now it's kind of funny to say that because I just had a friend who uh, we had an anniversary when I started doing this. Uh, it's been seven years ago now. It's kind of amazing. Um, before that, I was just basically trying to, uh, I, you know, I got a high school with the college um, and then basically it was just working. I didn't really do that much for his exercise and, you know, I had bouts of depression and everything else and, and then, you know, just one day, you know, because I've always liked cycling. I always, always loved it. I had bike magazines from way, way back in the early 90s. I was the only person I'd ever taken from my high school up in Maine, but, um, you yeah. know, so I've always had this dream, uh, but, you know, I just never did it, and basically that's all I was really doing was just going to work, going home, and going to the store, and that's about it. And I basically lived a pretty isolated life until I uh, just one day just decided to you know start uh, start riding. Yeah, there was other factors as well, you know, being diabetic and the other stuff that was kind of scary. So mm-hmm. one day I started trying to do it.
1: Was, was there a moment or, or some sort of epiphany that made you think you know this is this is my this is my day this is my Monday I'm going to start differently
2: you know not really uh, a lot of people are like oh there was this one day I just did this and all of a sudden you know uh, I did it. You know, it just it was a, it was a process I mean there was one day I think if there is a day it was when I became diabetic and that mm. was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but there wasn't like a, you know, oh, I'm watching Oprah, it's time to go do something because she said something wonderful, you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> it, didn't, it doesn't work out that way. Um, but no, um, that's basically it, you know, and it became a process because, let's face it, they don't make bikes and there aren't many people in bike shops seeing 570 pound people coming in and saying I want to ride, yeah you know?
1: Um, so, and that sounds like what it's been for you is this is a gradual process that you 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 don't have a, a, a timeline involved here. It's just, uh, you know, just keep at it. And, and that's that's probably the coolest thing about it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much all you can do. You know, when you're busy and have a busy life and have a full-time job, you just try to do what you can and try to make it happen. Because I've had you know, all kinds of ups and downs of this whole process. But it's a process. And, yeah. You know, it's yeah. something I like doing, so yeah, cool. <laughs> keep at it. Seven
1: years now, hard to believe. Nice. So you seem to have a, a pretty fearless attitude after you decided to jump into this. I've seen quotes, you know, where, where you just, were you know, found people that, that wanted to ride bikes. And, and I've also seen, you know, kind of a fearless body image and, and spandex attitude and, and wearing what you want to wear. What What's your philosophy behind this and what, about bike gear and what's the greater message behind this? Well,
2: I mean, the whole spandex story thing, came about when you know when i first started riding you know everybody was like oh well you gotta wear baggy stuff you're big you don't let me expand stuff for you and all that stuff and when i did i i don't know why some people love the stuff but when i i not so it's the baggy stuff i can't stand the baggy stuff because when i was on the bike on the baggy stuff i get all kinds of sores and everything and they just Mm -hmm. they were awful Mm you know so um i just finally one day it was actually it was it was on the internet and i Found this called Aerotech who made uh, bike clothes for big guys and they had them stored. I tried it, tried them on, and you know, I started wearing it in you know, cycling and working out and all kinds of stuff now. Cool. So you just can't, you can't, it's almost just, it's a fat shaming society we live in, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> not good to be fat. And, you know, of course, there's health issues, but you know, it's almost like there's a ticket mm-hmm. out there for people just to really fat shame you into. Know, and, and mm-hmm into hiding, and Hispanics is really, really honest. You know, you accept who you are. I mean, I still struggle with that. I still have image issues and anxiety issues, and I've had, you know, companies and groups and everybody else, you know, not everybody, but, you know, people attack me because of my image, and I've had some pro cyclists even on a couple websites attack me because Mm of my size and being Hispanic. So, but, you know, just hide. Hispanics doesn't lie. It tells the truth, and you make it what it is, you know?
1: You bet. You bet. So, You know, one of the things that I've noticed in every story about you is and even every photo about you is is you're never alone and, and team and friends seem to play a big role in your life. Is that, uh, is that true or you think that's that's been one of the motivating factors?
2: Oh yeah. No, it's, you know, I've, I've never had a lot of friends growing up. You know, my family was kind of a rough family. I had a lot of alcoholism issues in my family. Not me, but other family members, and it was a rough upbringing. I was not treated very well by my neighbors because of my issues that my father had and whatnot. And so I never really had any friends and uh, really any family. My grandfather was a big influence, and he was the only one that really was out there to take care of me. So, you know, having people that want to help me and ride with me and and uh, see me improve is awesome. And it's hard. It's hard to get people to do it all the time with me, but... Mm-hmm. It really, really helps me out a lot. I and mean, plus, I was pretty alone after I got out of college, and you know, I basically stayed in the house all the time because I didn't feel like I was welcome to be outside. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know how many times I had people come up to me and, and make jokes about me at the store. You know, it's even sadder is when kids do it, mm-hmm. you know, because you know it, it, they were taught that way, you know, and then the parents don't discipline on on what to be, you know, how to respect people. And, that's what's tough about that. So I was really isolated, and you know, having people around you makes a huge difference. You know, when you're on the bike, you're all together. When you're suffering, you're all suffering together. You know, <laughs> exactly. Power <laughs> numbers.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. Bicycling's such a social thing too. Is is you know, riding with somebody else is is just the whole fun of it.
2: It's just true. Yeah.
1: So, so what? What keeps you motivated? What, what, what gets you on the bike every day? Is it, is it the health part, or, or is it enjoying bicycling, or is it something else?
2: Well, um, it's a combination of things. You know, it's I love being with people, so I like riding with people, so I ride bikes for that. I like being able to get the exercise. I like the exercise aspect of it. I feel better when I, when I ride. Um, you know, the fact that I still have medical issues. I mean, I'm, I'm a heart patient, I'm a diabetic patient, you know, so it's constantly, you know, I still have to take these pills all the time, mm-hmm. which I don't like doing. to get off those as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's just, I get to be around people and see people and, you know, I try to help out the cycling community and, you know, other communities too as well. I start getting into rowing a little bit too and I do a lot of walking now. Oh, cool. So, cool. Um, but no, uh, all those people who are with me are huge heroes of mine and we've been through a lot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Help keep me going. You're out there in in pushing hard, you know, is yeah. that uh is, is is it the ride, is it the suffer that you like or is it uh is it when you're done that, that that rush afterwards?
2: Well, you know, it's it's a little bit of a rush, but I just like being outside. I love being outside right. with people. I'm a I'm a Mainer and uh you know, kind of a country kid and I love being outside. I love being able to take my bike to places that you can't with a car. You know, one of the things that I wasn't able to do when I was bigger was be able to go out in the woods or go out and on these trails and whatnot and explore. I love seeing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I love doing on my bike is just simply exploring. As far as racing, you know, I, I you know I just like racing just to race a little bit. I mean, I'm not a huge racer. It's cool, yeah. you know, it's cool. I like, get be able to do all the racing and whatnot. But it's not the top of my priority now? I love just having friends with me going exploring in the woods or going, you know, on, on bike rides to go, you know, just see places and, and see things. You know, I just did a ride out in Connecticut over the weekend. And, you know, it's a trail that goes from Sinsbury to Springfield, Massachusetts. And, and it's just a really beautiful trail. And it was kind of a crappy day, but you know, you get to see the woods and the animals, and everything
1: else. So we we have a we have a question that we ask every guest on our show, and
2: it, I I gotta admit
1: I am a big guy too. I'm a person of size here, and and uh, and I we came across this, and I was like, boy, I don't want to be insensitive to you or triggering, you know, ask this question because it's a food question and somebody with weight issues and diabetes. But on the other hand, I you know also being a person of size, I don't want to make assumptions on what your tastes are either. So. I'm gonna throw this question out there and I'm gonna let you put your own spin on the answer and it's it's pretty simple um the question is what's your favorite type of pie
2: type of pie
1: yeah yeah pie
2: oh wow um see um I like all kinds of different pies just one of the big problems here's <laughs> <laughs> like a huge favorite I mean apples cool is cool, pumpkin is cool. Reba or uh, Rebar, uh, rh- 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 rhuba pie, and i had yeah. uh, sweet potato pie. I don't really necessarily have a.
1: No. You uh, you so. probably as a diabetic, you probably have to do that in moderation. But uh, you know.
2: Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Just. just oh yes. So yeah, you know. I don't know. It's just I don't have like a particular favorite. It's just they're all good. They're very very few I don't like.
1: I appreciate your time tonight. Did you get a chance to ride at all today?
2: Today, no, because the weather was terrible. I did the track today. So when, it's so when I can't ride outside, I'm not a huge fan of trainers. I mean, they're cool, but I try to stay with <laughs> this much like because I'd rather be outside. Right. And when I can't, I usually go to Harvard and I do laps around the indoor track uh, doing walking and stuff. And I have somebody who walks with to me, too. And that's one thing I've had happen, too, is the Harvard and track teams have been willing to help me out as well on that. And some of them uh, I rode on, on Monday um, his name is Henry he's from the Harvard Rowing Team and I have two bikes now he doesn't have one. I was working so he got on one of my bikes and we just did a ride right around Boston and it was our first ride together so I have some intermixing of sports going on now
1: <laughs> that's alright it's all uh, it's all good training it's all good health so
3: yeah
2: okay.
1: yeah hey I appreciate your time tonight and, and uh, thanks for coming on the Just Go Bike Podcast
2: no problem thank you for having me
1: This is Mark Wyatt with the Just Go Bike Podcast and the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. I want to introduce a little bit of a new feature, Um, and I'd also like to welcome Carrie Sorrell from the um, Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. She's a communications specialist. They happen to be some of our our best trail advocates in the state of Iowa, and uh, I always kind of enjoy following her adventures, so I kind of want to pick your brain. Welcome, Carrie. How are you today? I am
3: doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, So... What's the trail situation like? Which which one's getting the most attention now? What's what's big?
3: Um, I think the one that's getting the most buzz right now is in central Iowa. It's called the Chachauqua Valley Trail. Uh, and it's been a trail for a really long time, but it's been secluded. Um, and just last year, they finished a connection down to the Central Iowa Trails Network. Um, it's also celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. So there's a ton of events happening on the trail. Um, and it's one of my favorites. It's uh, it's really beautiful. It runs through a lot of natural areas. There's a bunch of tree canopy, and it's not used by that many people. So I don't really want to give away the secret, uh, mm-hmm. but it's a really great trail um, with a lot of cool things happening this year.
1: Yeah, and that's starting in Bondurant and running over to Ankeny?
3: Um, it starts in Berwick, which is just south of Bondurant, and runs to Baxter, okay. uh, which is northeast of there. Wow.
1: And, and I think, if I remember right, isn't there a big RV park just right in the middle of it, too?
3: Yeah, there is.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> yes, if, if you're looking to travel, that's uh, that's where you want to land.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a cool brewery that opened in Bondurant a couple of years ago called Reclaimed Rails uh, that sees plenty of bike traffic. Um but otherwise it's just a beautiful, awesome ride.
1: And and what's the place with the big patio, Kitty Corner from from Reclaim? Oh, Dress?
3: Founders Pub. Uh-huh. Uh which great food, great outdoor games. Um, they have a festival every year. So have well, a fun time.
1: Last time I was there it was just packed with bicyclists. So I think that's uh, I think that's the crowd they're trying to attract.
3: Yep, the word is getting out.
1: <clears throat> so what's in the works? What do we need to be paying attention to for the next trail coming up?
3: One of, my re- one of my favorite ones that's coming up um, that I'm really excited about is the Iowa River Trail, uh, which is going to go through Hardin and Marshall Counties and connect Steamboat Rock to Marshalltown. Um, it's going to be a 34-mile route that runs uh, right through the Iowa River Greenbelt. It's going to be beautiful. Um, and that's, they started construction in late 2015, and they're kind of starting at either end and meeting in the middle. It'll probably be a few years before it's done, um, but it crosses the river uh, a handful of times, and there's a lot of trestle bridges, uh, and it's just, it's going to be beautiful.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, where I used to detassel when I was a teenager, so I kind of <laughs> oh, fondly remember this. Yeah, those summer mornings, I remember that really well.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's going to connect seven small towns um, and connect down into the Central Iowa Trails Network, uh, just bring in more Uh, connectivity in the region and also bring in some more traffic and tourism to those small towns, which is really uh, the uh, gem and great part of um, Iowa's Trail Network is discovering these new places that you may not have known.
1: Fantastic. Hey, we have Memorial Day coming up for this weekend. Uh, And and I got to be honest, I enjoy following your social media adventures. What's your next big adventure coming up?
3: Well, in about two hours, I am headed down in a Mm twelve-passenger van uh, to the Katy Trail in Missouri. We're doing Peddler's Jamboree, which is a traveling bluegrass festival Mm -hmm. um, along the Katy Trail. Which, um, if you don't know, the Katy Trail is a limestone uh, rail trail, almost that that eventually will connect from Kansas City to St. Louis. They're you know still finishing it up. but it's a state park, and this jamboree uh, is basically just like stops of bluegrass uh, bluegrass and beer, basically. Uh, it's a fun ride, and you camp overnight um, going from Columbia to Boonville, and I am so excited. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, that's Peddler's Jamboree, Missouri, but Peddler's Jamboree is going to do another version in Iowa, I've heard. Isn't that going to be on the Chaco Trail?
3: It is, yep. Uh, they've been doing an Iowa route for the last two years. Um, and this year it's on the Chachauqua Valley Trail. So um, looking excited, looking forward to doing that. I think oh, that wow. one's in August.
1: So Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate having you on, Carrie. I hope we can have you back on soon and talk more about trail adventures.
3: Yeah,
4: um, I'm excited for that too. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> you. For Carrie. for having
1: me. Carrie Sorrell from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation.
4: Oh, hello. This is Andrea. And this is Paratalk. Today I'm gonna be answering a question that I got on Twitter from someone named Travis. And Travis would like to have some tips for riding on a windy day. And Travis may or may not know this, but headwinds are one of my mortal enemies. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about this and trying to avoid this, but unfortunately wind is just kind of a part of life when you're a cyclist. And it's really funny because riding with a headwind versus riding with a tailwind can mean the difference between feeling like the worst, most flabby, out of shape rider in the whole world or God's gift to cyclists. I mean, it really does make a huge difference. So I guess my first tip would be something that's pretty basic and people probably already know about, which is to ride out with your headwind and come back with the tailwind if at all possible. Um, It really will just make you feel like an awesome person and it's better to come back with a good feeling. Then for people who have like the curly ram's head handlebars, Riding in the drops really does make a difference in making you more aerodynamic and making the wind affect you less. Now you have to have your bike set up so that it's comfortable to ride in that position. Um, but it again, it does really help. I am not a huge fan of aero bars because they make you really tipsy. But if you've ridden with them a lot and you're used to them, then and it works for you, then great. But it's just not something that I really do a lot or ever. The next thing I would suggest is to wear tight clothing, form-fitting clothing. Although if you are a spandex warrior like me, you're probably already doing that. So great tip, Andrea, thanks. But I mean all the way down to like your shoelaces or tying your hair back, because I'm sure having your hair loose or having a shoelace kind of dangling is not gonna be the end of the world as far as aerodynamics, but I'll be darned if it isn't super annoying to have a little shoelace fluttering around down by your foot just makes you feel like you're more aerodynamic. And then I would say you're probably going to need to gear down. Now it hurts me to say that to the very core because I'm one of those people who loves to get up in a high gear and just grind it. But essentially it will feel like the same thing because you're making less progress per pedal. So you're going to need to gear down. It'll save your knees. It'll be good in the long run. Um, Might hurt you a little bit inside, but... It's kind of part of the deal one other thing that people will suggest all the time is to draft while you're cycling and which means riding behind another biker either in pairs or in a long line um, the only thing about that is it can be very dangerous if you don't know how to draft you need something you need to practice ahead of time and you need to ride in a group of riders that you trust and you can communicate really easily with um, if you haven't done it before you should probably practice before you get in a group situation and maybe not even do it. Um, it just kind of depends on the scenario and how fast you're traveling. So that take that one with a grain of salt and practice, practice, practice. If you decide to draft in a large group ride like Rag Bri, you need to be super extra polite because by and large, you're gonna be riding faster than everyone else and you need to call out your intentions. You need to say every on your left, you need to call out every rumble strip you need to say exactly what you're doing so that everyone behind you knows what's going on, everyone to the side of you knows what's going on. Otherwise, the jerk store called and they ran out of you. And while we're talking safety, if it's a really windy day, keep aware of crosswinds because those can gust up and really knock you off your balance, especially if you ride a really light carbon bike or aluminum bike. So just be aware that that can happen and just sort of hold your line. Um... Beyond that, my tips for riding in the headwind is to just suck it up because it's a part of cycling. I mean, if you have to keep in mind maybe the fact that you're going to be just that much stronger and you get that much more out of your training than if you're having a tailwind, maybe that would help you. I don't know. Sometimes at the end of a long ride into a headwind, I will just turn around and ride like 50 feet in the other direction just to remember how glorious the tailwind is. So... Anyway, I wish you nothing but tailwinds, Um, and if a headwind happens, sorry. Um, If you have any other tips that I haven't mentioned that you'd like to share with everyone, leave us a comment on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Um, That's at JustGoBike on all three of those platforms. Um, And actually, that's exactly how you can get a hold of me if you have a question you'd like me to talk about or answer. Um, or you can also email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And hope you have tailwinds. And while we're talking safety, I should also mention that you need to be aware of crosswinds on a really windy, blustery day. Because if those take you by surprise and hit you from the side, they can really knock you off your course, especially if you're riding on a light aluminum or carbon fiber bike. But beyond that, my tips for riding into a headwind are... Suck it up because really it's a fact of cycling life. And even though it's my mortal enemy, there's really nothing that I can do to defeat it except for always ride with the tailwind, which is not going to be possible. So um, if you have any other tips that you'd like to add, I would love to hear them. So leave us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at JustGoBike. Or you can also email us at JustGoBikePodcast at gmail.com. And coincidentally, that is exactly how you can get a hold of me if you would like to ask me a question for a future Parrot Talk. Um, And I'd love to talk about cycling, ice cream, pie, whatever. Um, And I look forward to it. I wish you nothing but tailwinds.
0: we've come to the end of another edition, episode 21 of the Jisco Bike Podcast. It's been fun doing these Mm -hmm. and Mark's with us again for uh, another great ride across the state and uh, he gets to do it again coming up in about 45 days. So good good for you, Mark. Mm -hmm. And um, who's this uh, podcast brought to you by, Mark? You know, we've got three great sponsors that have been with us
1: the whole time. Bikes to You, uh, it's one of the bike outfitters in Grinnell. Um, Craig Cooper, April Cooper over there, uh, real great folks that uh, can, boy, they can take care of your every needs there. They're they're real outfitters for bikes and gear and clothing, some of the best women clothing selection that you'll find. So go to Bikes to You and Grinnell and, and find them. Iowa City, Coralville. Think Iowa City is what they're being branded as now, and uh, they're really thinking about bicycles over there. Absolutely. Uh, If it's the Grand Gable that's coming to you October 1st, if it's Jingle Cross that's going to be coming to you, they're still working on the date there and uh, sometime in September, and uh, all kinds of other bicycling events that happen. Uh, Think Iowa City and its Curious Communities. And finally, Primal Wear. I'll tell you what, Primal Wear saved my butt last week. (laughs) If their shorts weren't so great, I I, I don't know what
0: I would have done. I I can't ride without Primal's. I mean, I I am absolutely convinced that it's like riding naked just about. That's how you just feel so good.
1: And I'm due to restock another set, and I don't have enough custom. So I'm probably going to
0: just get a stock set of Primal just mm. because I know how those ride. I know how they feel. They're perfect. You bet. Okay, you can find our show notes at www.jiscobike.net. What do you want to talk about on this show? Just, hey, find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or at Just Go Bike. Be sure to subscribe to the Just Go Bike podcast and join us next week for more. Okay, so we've come to the end, and, um, you know, we talked a little bit about headwinds. We, we often talk about the four H's, which are basically headwinds, heat, humidity, and hills. And since we rode through Protovin this year and uh, we had just a great just a, a great little visit at at Polish X, and I uh, appreciate you taking us on the tour over there. but the fifth one should be head cheese so if you get into the head cheese, which is amazing head cheese, that could be the fifth H to be worrying about too much head cheese <laughs> Thanks, Adam, for the for the tour of the Polishek's uh, meat locker, and we'll be back for sure. And hey, just get out there, just go bike.
1: Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer. Brian Powers is the show's producer, and the Just Go Bike podcast is brought to you by the Des Moines Register, a part of the USA Today Network.